0: The MBI Edge Podcast, where we explore the backgrounds of interesting individuals and how they intersect with our building industry in Iowa. I'm your host, Ben Hammes, and I'm going to bring to you topics that help educate, develop, grow, and enhance you and your company. Say, welcome to the podcast, Ken Bradford. Thank you, Ben. Honored to be here. Well, we appreciate you taking the time out. You're here for uh, our 20th MBI in the Future class. Is that right? That's right. 20 years. What session are we in today? We're in
1: number four of a
0: five-part
1: series for me. I think they have one more session, graduation ceremony yep. after me.
0: Yep. So you came in yesterday, and we got class today and tomorrow. A lot of our audience recognize the name Ken Bradford, but for those that don't, maybe you could do a quick introduction for us.
1: Well, I'm Brad and Betty's boy. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, well, they may not know the name, but they, they know the MBI on the future program. We've had uh, a blessing of so many people come through over 20 years that uh, I think they remember the course and hopefully they see the results and, and the people that have graduated from it.
0: Now, did you create this course for us 20 years ago?
1: Give me the history. I was a Dale Carnegie instructor for 11 years. Yeah, sure. And uh, I really, really enjoyed the, the work and I said, you know... Um, I need to go out on my own mm-hmm. so I stand on Dale Carnegie's shoulders and uh, we had so many m- different modules that uh, were really really good the, the program's been edited many times and we had a lot of wonderful instructors I had the privilege of working with many of them were were preachers and uh, community leaders that uh, they would they would give me advice as a young instructor and and uh, share the classroom with me I just wrote down everything they said was good mm-hmm. that we ought to keep of editing it out and over the years i just had a lot of good stuff wisdom passed down on modules that worked and it just occurred to me i've got a whole course here and
0: um, go out on my own that was 34 years ago 34 years ago Mm -hmm. that's great now i know you do some work with other chapters as well Mm -hmm. what other chapters are you working with currently
1: well i kind of stayed to the midwest it's minnesota down to uh, san antonio a little bit out to El Paso and St. Louis, Kansas City, uh, Illinois. I I stay in the Midwest. It's just a favorite
0: place for me. I love that you call Texas the Midwest. (laughs) Yeah, kind of in the middle. Yeah, it's kind of in the middle, I Uh suppose. That's true. Uh That's true. Um, You know, what's the one thing that stuck out to you about the repetitiveness of the 20 years of these leaders? What stuck out to you about these NBI folks? Well,
1: it's a nice surprise because the first year you get uh, you get owners' sons and daughters and really senior people coming through, and you think, "Oh gosh, who who are they going to send next year? Are they going to jump down to uh, foreman or skilled laborers or what?" No, every year these kids are sharp, mm. and these are key people in the organizations. Y'all just have a a wealth of uh, smart, educated, hungry for leadership. Um, positive attitude people for the most part. I'd say 98% of them come in and it's a privilege to work with them and it's amazing that uh, the quality of the people that's coming through. They're very intelligent and they're hungry. They're hungry for these skills because they can't get it in
0: other places like um, we'll probably be talking about what's the difference. Yeah what separates those leaders like you talk about some people that just want the leadership skills. There's a lot of people that never want to be a leader i mean what what separates the two in your opinion
1: well you know if they pay attention eventually they get these skills and many times i'm telling them the same thing that the boss is telling them Mm. or their parents have told them but being an outsider it's a little easier for me to get into their ear Mm -hmm. and um and we have we have it as a, it's kind of like me and exercise. <laughs> I hate to go exercise, but if I can get into a group or I got a buddy that wants to lift weights or go for a long walk, it's just much easier. And so it's easier training as a group, kind of like a military mm-hmm. type approach, you know, mm-hmm. boot camp. So for these guys, the, their challenge is they're out in a silo of um, isolation, and so when the pressure comes through communications or dealing with people, they have to rely on how their parents did it or maybe the short time they spent watching other older people teach them how to lead. And it's not always the best of... <laughs> it's not always the best. Experience is not always the best teacher. Mm. Good training and and learning from your mistakes is best, you know?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, if you don't, you're not going to grow as a leader. That's. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to fail. It's the old adage, right, you have to fail before you can succeed. Exactly. Um, You know, we. I guess it just seems like, generationally, in my opinion, it seems like people used to crave leadership even sometimes more than a younger generation does now. Do you find that? I I, I don't know. You don't think that's fair?
1: Well, I'm not sure if I can even qualify to speak on it, but – what I see is a lot of them come through that I can identify with really deeply. I see myself in them. Mm. I, the company sent me to a program like this. They sent me to the Dale Carnegie course way back in the early 70s. And I fought it tooth and nail. And I said, "What the? why am I here? I, I just got out of college. I don't need this. I need to learn the product catalog. And, and uh, my boss said, no, the, uh, the customers are going to teach you the products. You need to learn to communicate better, build your self-confidence learn to listen Mm. and you'll learn this business and you'll be our representative and he was so right but I think it's mostly fear because I was coming into a program that they mentioned these two words public speaking (laughs) and it terrified
0: me terrifies everybody until they do it
1: yeah so I I had a lot of apprehension but once I saw that their technique of uh, oh approval coaching a lot of good systematic repetitive successes stretched out over spaced repetition mm-hmm. was really the, the key to um, real training mm-hmm. you know it's not enough to put on a to put on a leadership program and have people attend be there in person take notes maybe pick up an idea or two they have to practice the material mm-hmm. and then w- we hold them accountable through peer pressure and written reports, and mm. then verbal reports of what they have done with the material from the previous session. I mm-hmm. think that's what makes us separate. Mm. You're, you're expected to use what we're talking about 40 different techniques for working with people to get more uh, rapport, success, quality, engagement, ownership. And so um, they use it. If it works, they'll keep using it. It becomes a habit. They grow company benefits, the association grooms for new leaders, and the whole industry, I think, shows it's a little more professionalism.
0: Well, in a 20-year history, we've certainly seen that success, right? I mean, we have, I think, at least 30 MBI in the future graduates that have served on the MBI board over that 20-year history, I think, if my number was correct. Yes, I think so. So, you know, we've we started, when did we start putting an MBI in the future rep on the board and my knowledge of the association here is, you know, six years deep. But do you remember when that first started?
1: And the first one was appointed in two thousand five. Two thousand five. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which I think is excellent. This chapter does so many proactive planning uh, techniques up here. It's uh, this is one of my favorite chapters to work with because you guys really plan for the future.
0: Yeah. Well, and we made a concerted effort to diversify that board and the makeup of it now and we added a second mbi in the future representative on a rotating two-year schedule we're very excited about that um you know sometimes i think we felt when we got into the board meetings that the mbi in the future rep only serving in one year really only started to understand the association when their term ended Mm -hmm. so the idea is create some longevity with that group too and bring those new ideas to the board of directors i think that's been very helpful yes Um, the unique part about MBA in the future I guess separates itself from some of our other leadership development courses is that you have to be selected to take the class you have to be selected Uh, not everybody gets in we cap the number of entrants but for those listening out there that may be owners of their company uh, decision makers in their company or might be uh, eligible MBA in the future participants Mm -hmm. what would you say to encourage them to take a hard look at the course
1: well, first, uh, approach your management team and show an interest in uh, continued education. Mm-hmm. And that's probably not a problem. I, from what I read, the uh, younger generation is very, very interested in personal development, mm-hmm. probably more so than my generation. Mm-hmm. And uh, show them that you um, want to be a candidate mm-hmm. instead of waiting to be asked or told like I was. Um, show an interest in it, and then ask what what could I do as an individual to um, earn the right, mm. prepare myself to get in there. What can you tell them they'll come out with? Well, there's no one thing. It's kind of like, <laughs> it's, it's a combination. It's a combination lock. Yeah. You know, but the two main areas we work with is communication skills mm. and dealing with people which seems to be the ongoing biggest challenge for most of us. Because mm-hmm. these, guys, these guys have so many hats they wear and meet with so many different people all day long and make real short leadership conversations that are crucial to the quality of the project, the morale, the engagement, the ownership. Um, these, guys, these guys are the uh, leaders. And I can't think of anything more important to the success of a project the leadership skills of the person that's running the project, mm-hmm. how they treat the people, how that rapport is, how, how assertive they are, how confident they are, how fair they are, how much respect they show people, and how much they listen, which is a big part of this class. Mm. Do they really listen? Mm-hmm. If, if they want people to listen to them, they have to be the exceptionally good listeners.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, communications changed so much over your 20 years in this program mm-hmm. when... Telephone calls and face-to-face conversations used to be the primary form of communication. And evolved into email and text messaging. And how has that changed? I mean, how do you, how do you really coach somebody when they are, quite frankly, holding a lot of relationships through a computer, mm-hmm. never understanding who it is on the other end they're talking to, whether or not it's a part of a design team or part of uh, the ownership, the client. Um, you know, in a lot of cases, we just don't see who it is on the other end of that email string. Right. Right. Well, I'm. I'm not wanting to um,
1: minimize the importance of high tech and emails and texts and all the other ways a person can be contacted which is a bombardment these days mm-hmm. uh, but we don't want to abandon that trust factor that's only communicating mean, you get to know a person really
0: mm-hmm.
1: you got that eyeball contact you got uh, their mannerisms it's whether you trust or not so we teach things like small talk Mm. Which I find, um, I didn't I didn't bring that topic into the program until about 16 years ago. And it wasn't my idea. It was one of my biggest customers who had put over 600 people through the class, asked me to, would I write a booklet and include small talk?
0: Are we talking water cooler talk? What, what, what's small yeah. talk? Yeah,
1: small talk. Okay. The ability to create the initial rapport, Yeah. you know, before you get down to the big talk. About what we were doing off the podcast Absolutely. before we started? Absolutely. Yeah. Just yeah. trying to create that trust level. Sure. You know, we buy from people that we are comfortable with. Mm. So it makes both people more comfortable. But these guys uh, were surprisingly, it's a big part of the class. I never expected it until 16 years ago when I was suggested to me that I include it. It took me two years to uh, work up a book about it. And um, I find they're very hungry for it because there's a lot of situations they get into, like reading the permit guy mm. like, or meeting that neighbor that's come over and wanting to talk about all the dust or uh, just the rapport with a permit lady downtown, you mm. know. Uh, or just talking to the customers that maybe have more power and customer, uh, cash and title. It can be intimidating and they don't know where to start, mm. you know. And everybody wants a little talk before the big talk. So uh, we come home in. It. We have yeah. a booklet where we talk about it. We discuss it, but more importantly they go use it then they come back and they tell us what they did with it and they hear from the other guys. You know, the beautiful thing about it, they see they're not alone in this fear of public speaking. They're not alone. Their wives all tell, <laughs> all tell them, you're not a good listener. And we get in here, all these guys, and uh, we work on it. Mm. And, we, and you hear the results, mm. you see the results, and they bring examples of results. And uh, it's just easier to grow when everybody's working on these intangible things that are so invisible that are so essential to the running of a project and
0: dealing with people. Mm-hmm. Well, in I mean, simple things like name association, remembering who individuals are when you're talking about the permit laid down the street that yeah. you have to deal with, and remembering who that individual is. It's so important for your long-term relationship building, knowing who to go to, how to help your client, knowing who people are. And I love the way you kick off the course when. You, the first thing you do is name association and recognition. That exercise is always my favorite when I'm down the hall and I hear everybody screaming at the top of their lungs. <laughs> well, we, we have a purpose for screaming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, Ken's back. I, I can I hear him.
1: It, I had an old instructor named Felix, and he always said, if it's learned in pleasure, it's learned in full measure. Huh. He was a, he happened to be a senior Masonic uh, leader He's in Dallas. Hmm and i had the privilege of teaching with that guy for four years he he just picked up so many great things like that so we try to have fun with it because we're up against the biggest fear in the world public speaking Mm. so once they they will overcome that they will overcome it you don't get rid of all your nervousness Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. i have a bit of nervousness right now you know talking on the radio Mm -hmm. But, but driving a car you need a little bit of Yeah. It doesn't mean you won't do great. Yeah. So these guys overcome it and it carries over in every facet of their life self confidence. Yeah. You know?
0: Very true. There's a lot of these folks listening to that, you know, took your course, had been involved with you, and haven't seen or heard from you in 15 years. And I know they're really going to enjoy hearing from you again. Um, You know, we were talking off the podcast, the small talk, as you mentioned. Um, You know, you're going to be doing this for a few more years, Mm -hmm. Uh, but you got plans.
1: Got plans?
0: Uh, let's hear about those plans. <laughs> this is fascinating, folks.
1: Well, you know, I have a good friend of mine who always has this idea that we do what we did as a child and enjoy it. And I guess, I don't know, I liked planting in the dirt when I was a small child, <laughs> and then I grew up on a farm in the summertime. We'd always be shipped off to my uncles and drive tractors and work on a farm. So, so now in my 70s um i bought some land and i want to get back into the soil and do an organic blueberry and fig farm i would go farther ben but like you said you take on one project at a time and one to project one at a time learn about it yep so everything doesn't die yeah <laughs> yeah and it just gives me great joy like teaching the class to see things grow yeah it's uh, it's like parenting the kids now my kids are up and grown i got grandkids and so, uh, so now it's it's growing blueberries and figs and having them come out and eat eat until their bellies are full and give away the rest.
0: I love it. To me, that's to me that's joy. How many great kids do you have? I have six. Six, and they're all close, r- reasonably close to this ground you're going to be uh, planting blueberry trees on. Yeah, good. yeah, yeah. About an hour away. They can drive over. And, okay. And they're all
1: blueberry lovers. So. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's good. You know, you 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 worship anything you have really in common enthusiastically with a grandkid it's just pure joy and yeah so i don't work for a living i get to teach that's pure joy and I grow blueberries and see the kids pick it and i'm a happy camper
0: good i'm glad to hear it and i know our audience is too well now what do you do with figs i'm sorry what do you do with figs well they don't last long
1: okay so like, you know the ones you see on the shelf they're like don't don't, don't buy it because it's picked green and it's going to be kind of firm Okay. Uh, you need to let them get kind of soft, and you can make jam out of them. Okay. If you don't eat them all up immediately, you make jam out of
0: them. Okay. All right.
1: And I got one guy around the corner. He has a, he has a huge grape vineyard. Uh, he knows everything about making wine. He's from California, and he, mm-hmm. wants, he wants some figs to make some fig wine. So we'll, <laughs> we'll see how that. I'll tell you next year how that comes out, if my crop comes out like I'm holding it well.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, Ken, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate you taking the time. I, I know we got a full day packed with uh, the 20th NBI in the future class. NBI um, has been so appreciative of your, your help, your leadership. You've been involved for this many years. Uh, I think it's good to reconnect you with the audience. Um, and I know that um, they're very appreciative of the steps that they've gotten from the class into the leaders that they are today. Um, and so you have set this thing up for a long time term success we have no doubt this is going to continue for many many years in the future so we're very very appreciative of your uh, your assistance in, in leading this class over the years
1: it's been a wonderful relationship it sounds trite as hell but it's been a great honor
0: yeah well thanks ken thank you thank you everybody for tuning in we'll see you next time it's been real as we get ready to wrap up 2023 we want to do one last reminder about the events coming up across the state we have sessions in west des moines in sioux city waterloo and clear lake we have jha trainings osha 10-hour classes adult first aid cpr advanced blueprint reading classes all of these offered to the members at discounted pricing through the end of december go on our website check out the events section www.mbi.build slash events and check out what classes are coming to your neck of the woods we'll see you in 2024 hey.